0: Oh, uh, welcome. It's Christmas Eve. I know it feels like we're in Florida. We can all pretend. Um, all those people that spent all that money to go south and feel this temperature, see, we're doing it for free. Um, it's a beautiful thing. We just don't have the beach, but uh, we can pretend, right? Run the water, in the bathtub tonight, whatever. Figure it out. Um, you'll, be, you'll be fine. Um, it'll be wonderful. Let's go to the Lord in prayer to start this evening off. Father God, oh man, what, a, what an opportunity that we have to gather in your name this evening. And to remember what happened so many years ago. No, it didn't happen on this date. That's not important. The important part is that it happened. And we get to stop everything for a moment and dwell on this moment that you came to be with us. Father, we love you. We thank you for your presence here with us tonight. And we do rejoice at the coming of your son. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. Christmas Eve, oh my goodness gracious, it is crazy. There were a few words, this is all part of that same series, there were a few words that you guys sent in that played perfectly to tonight, and so I kind of set them aside just for Christmas Eve services. As we gather here around this, this very intimate gathering, focused on just one thing, how often in life do you get to focus just on one thing? And that's what we get to do tonight, the birth of our Savior an event that the people of Israel had been waiting for, for for hundreds and hundreds of years, the event that God had set into motion before time as we know it even ever began. As I said a moment ago, I want to sincerely thank you for taking a moment. I know everybody's busy. I know you've got family in town. You've got places to go. You've already been placed. You've already had Christmas. You're waiting on tomorrow morning. So thank you for setting aside Christmas Eve to join us. To remember the most significant event in all of human history. And the funny part about that is we think of all the significant moments historically. You, to, you know, watch one of those history channels, specials, or things like that. This one might be the most significant. It is the most significant one in all of human history. And yet, it's the simplest and it's the purest event of all. Tonight, we're going to talk about just a few words. A couple of them for a little while and a couple for a real short period of time. Tonight, we're going to start with something that Mary did throughout her life. It was a word that was sent in beginning in Luke 2. Luke records that the shepherds, these shepherds, they showed up out of nowhere to visit Mary and Joseph and this newborn king. How did they know he was there? How did they know who he was? The text that was read just a moment ago tells you, gives you the answers to that. The angel of the Lord had appeared to them and told them exactly who he was, where to find him, and even what he would be wearing So he, he was talking to guys. He needed the details to figure out exactly where there were no, he had to be very specific. But in verse 19, there was something that was said that we need to take note of. It said, but Mary treasured up these things and pondered them in her heart. She treasured this moment. Now, I don't believe this was the first moment that she'd treasured. I think over the last nine months, she'd begun to treasure several of these moments. So the first word of Christmas for tonight is the word reminisce. Reminisce. Let's focus on Mary. I'm sure she often pondered the encounter with Gabriel, that told her that she would conceive and she would give birth to this incredible, miraculous son and to tell him that you are to call him Jesus. We'll talk about that name on Sunday, Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever and his kingdom will never end. Imagine Mary that night in giving birth to that baby in that stable, holding that baby, reminiscing about the words that that angel had shared with her. And then all of a sudden, that random group of shepherds shows up to acknowledge exactly what Gabriel had told him would be the case. But it doesn't stop there. Eight days later, just eight days later, they took the baby to the temple and two separate individuals acknowledged Jesus as the Messiah. The first one in chapter 2, verse 29 of Luke, a man named Simeon Acknowledges him in a prayer. Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations. A light for revelation to the Gentiles and a glory of your people, Israel. Then Anna In the same temple, an 80-year-old widow came up to Mary and Joseph and gave thanks to God, and she spoke about every single person that came into that temple until God called her home who was looking forward to the redemption of Israel. The words of those two individuals would have echoed through Mary's mind throughout her life, especially as Jesus began to grow and mature. Now, just a couple of verses later, but several years in the life of Jesus, Mary and Joseph lose him. As a 12-year-old boy, they lose him only to find him in the temple, asking questions and listening and talking with the leaders of his faith. They return home, and Luke once again uses those exact same words. He records that Mary is treasuring these things in her heart. She was thinking about them. She was dwelling on them throughout her life and his these scenes would have been remembered. And as he grew, you know she was a mom. She was trying to piece all of this puzzle together, putting them all the way back with the words of the angel, trying to figure out how this would ultimately all lead him to be the king that she was promised so long ago. As Jesus began to perform miracles and signs and wonders, like that miracle of the wedding of Cana, Mary wasn't just present. Mary was one that asked him to do it. Do you think she reminisced about all those moments from the past and what she saw coming? As she watched and she listened to Jesus, as he began healing, as he began teaching, she would have been taken back to all of those memories. 30 years now in the making, the words of Gabriel, the visit from the shepherd, Simeon, Anna, all of those things would have rushed to the front of her mind as she saw things begin to unfold and his kingdom coming into being and then Mary watched as her son was led away to die. And all of those memories would have been even more overwhelming as it seemed it was all coming to an end. Was the angel wrong? How could God's plan it could be accomplished through this? It's impossible. There's no way, right? And at that point, as you know she was praying for her son's life to be spared, did she remember, did she reminisce those final words of Gabriel to her in Luke one thirty seven? for nothing? Nothing is impossible with God. (laughs) See, she better than anyone else on the planet and all of human history knows that. She knows those words to be true. Tonight, As we reminisce about Jesus' birth story and what it means to each of us, it it seems that this time of year, we often do just that. We take time to reminisce and think about the past. I'm sure every one of us have memories that just kind of make us feel warm and fuzzy inside. Do you? Do do you have those thoughts? Do you have those memories? Do you have a childhood memory of Christmas from a long time ago? Because I do. Can you ponder How about some of those memories, a gift you received? How about a gift that you gave to someone? Do you have a memory of that? Maybe you have a memory of a service, something like this from your childhood. If you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, can you remember, can you reminisce about that moment when he saved you? Maybe you were baptized that very day. Can you ponder some of the ways? Can you reminisce about Jesus has changed your life? How he's guided you, how he's directed you through your life. And for some of you, be very honest, he has literally saved your physical life. Can you reminisce? Can you think about those things? And like Mary, set aside those special moments in her life. Can we do the same? See, this time of year is a perfect time to reminisce and reflect and give thanks to God, the God of all creation, for sending His Son to come and rescue each of us. You guys sound beautiful. It's one of the joys. You guys are all set in the back. You never get to experience that. You, you don't get to, to hear everyone singing. I, you ought to try up front one time, just once. We don't want too much. I mean, bad things might happen if you come up here too long. But, but at least try it, you know, just see what, what happens. The second word uh, for tonight is the word tradition. Tradition. Merriam-Webster defines it this way. The handing down of information, beliefs, customs by word of mouth or by example from one generation to another without written instructions. In recent years, the word tradition has kind of gotten a negative connotation to it. For some, it's it's the stigma of an old idea or a, a relic from the past. And in some cases, it's true, right? We know that. Some traditions definitely carry a little bit of negative baggage and sometimes even some hurtful meaning for some. Some traditions prevent movement forward, creativity, productivity, and even growth. Some traditions really don't have any purpose. They really don't have any meeting. It's simply done that way just because, well, it's always been done that way. Who's ever heard that before? Especially in the church, right? Yeah, that's a reality that we deal with. But you see, not all tradition is bad. Let's start with the superficial. Does anyone have a family gathering where grandma so-and-so or aunt so-and-so always brings such-and-such, and it's delicious, and you can probably taste it right now if you think hard enough about it, and I apologize for bringing it up. What is it for you Maybe your family has a great tradition around this time of year. Maybe it is decorating. Maybe it's movies. Maybe it's readings. And these are special moments that you will cherish in your heart forever. Like this service tonight. It's a tradition, absolutely. There's nothing biblical about this night in any way, shape, or form. It's something we've set aside to remember the birth of Jesus. It's a tradition for sure, but it's absolutely one that means a great deal to me. I didn't have that growing up. Our church didn't have a a Christmas Eve service. It wasn't until I became a youth pastor that we began going and my family fell in love with the simple Christmas Eve service. Honestly, it's one of the highlights of the Christmas season for me, gathering here with all of you on this night, meeting some of your family that are in town for one reason or another, bringing everything else to a halt, and just pressing pause to put Jesus in the place where he belongs, (laughs) right in the center, not just of the holiday, but of our lives willing to put everything else aside and just stop good traditions are formed out of what is important to us things that have great meaning things that have incredible value in our lives how meaningful or how valuable is something that you just set aside once a year to do probably not very The ways in which we demonstrate our relationship with Jesus, the gratefulness that we have for everything that he has done and is doing in our lives should be on display each and every day of our life. How have you told, how have you shown your family how much Jesus' life and death and resurrection truly mean to you? Tonight, is a reminder of how much his his willingness to come to this earth to save us means to each and every one of us. And this type of tradition that brings glory and honor to God can help those that you love the most grow closer to him. Traditions can be beautiful. They can be meaningful, especially when they are deep-rooted in your love for Jesus. So if your family doesn't really have any of those kinds of spiritual traditions, then might I suggest setting aside something like this to be an example, a belief or an example that is handed down from your generation, parents and grandparents, onto that of your kids. Which brings me to another tradition in the church that's recognized in the New Testament, one which absolutely brings glory and honor to our Savior, Jesus Christ. It's uh it's called communion. And in the Christian church, one of our beliefs is that when we gather together, we partake of this remembrance. We are reminiscing, we are pondering, we are dwelling on the sacrifice that Jesus made for us. And traditionally, every time we gather, we set aside a moment in our service and our time together to partake of these two emblems. And it's so very important to us. What better time of year to reflect on that baby who came to us ultimately to save us through the gift of his life. And so we're going to pause here for a moment, and what I would love to do is, uh, mostly you're kind of sitting with families or a friend there by you, and so uh, hopefully you grab one of these on their way, and if you didn't, please don't feel bad, just go, just sneak out and get one. We're going to take a moment and kind of like families, kind of huddle up just right where you are and take communion together, and then we'll close with one final word before I give you instructions on the candles, all right? So I'm going to pray. And then uh, just kind of let you kind of huddle up there with your people. And if you don't have anybody, somebody there by you, just grab them, bring them into your fold for the moment, and just kind of take communion together. Father God, we, uh, we thank you for the gift of your Son and his coming to this earth, giving up everything and all of heaven and creation to come and be one of us and to live in our messy world and to be mistreated, abused, and ultimately murdered by us because we couldn't understand. And tonight we're going to take a moment and we're going to remember the sacrifice that you came to this earth intentionally to willingly make for us. And so as we gather as our families around the room, may we just cherish this moment with you as we remember your body being broken and your blood being shed. leave you tonight with one last simple word the word is grace someone sent in the word grace a a beautiful word such a peaceful word if you take time and you say the word grace it truly has kind of a calming effect on your soul and I'm sure all of us have experienced God's grace in some way, shape, or form in our lives. Even if you don't have a close personal relationship or you don't feel as if you have a close personal relationship with Jesus, He's, he's offered His grace to you, and I promise you've been the recipient. You know, for me, I, I don't know what all you've been through in this last year, but uh, for me, uh, God's grace is, is very evident. Uh, there's a, 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 a decent chance that I, I might not be here this Christmas seeing a cardiologist in, in, in November and just describing to him what I went through in August he said well you, you, uh, you did the right thing most men don't do that because I didn't have pain I didn't have lots of the symptoms one would typically have of a heart attack and most men go home and go to bed to sleep it off and, and that's the end God's grace is something we obviously don't deserve in any way, shape, or form, I think we all know that. But the reality of God's grace in our world, it's kind of been redefined in our world. And today, the word grace is often used to define a kind of beauty or even movement. And there's nothing wrong with that. It, it, graceful is, is a wonderful description. It might be used to define how someone handles pressure, how they deal with those kinds of things. It might have to do with the words that people use when they're speaking. Again, nothing wrong with those definitions, but it's true meaning as it relates to the birth of Jesus Christ and why he came. Oh, it's so much more beautiful than our current definition of grace. God's unending, loving kindness. God's merciful kindness. Listen carefully. A gift that can never be earned but only be received freely. A gift that you and I are never worthy of. In fact, we deserve quite the opposite. Yet God pours out His grace upon us moment by moment when we don't deserve a single drop. In the final verse of the song that we're about to sing, some of you might know, Silent Night... The word grace is paired with another word. Do you know what it is? Can you sing the last verse in your mind? Listen closely. Silent night, holy night. Son of God loves pure light. Radiant beams from thy holy face with the dawn of redeeming grace. The dawn of redeeming grace i want you to think about this if you're able to close your eyes and imagine that first sunrise after the birth of jesus the world had forever been changed on that night before his coming had brought something new to humanity the gift of god's redeeming Grace, You see, God alone has the power to offer this grace. Jesus alone came to fulfill every requirement for us to receive that grace. Have you received God's unmerited favor in your life yet? Have you fully embraced the free gift of God's grace? There's an old hymn that says it this way. Marvelous, infinite, matchless grace, freely bestowed on all who believe. You that are longing to see his face, will you this moment receive his grace? Grace, grace. God's grace, grace that will pardon and cleanse within grace, grace, God's grace, grace that is greater than all our sin. That is what we celebrate tonight. The one who came as a baby, giving up his power and his position in all of heaven to offer you and I this marvelous, infinite grace, grace that is greater Than all our sin. Tradition isn't such a bad thing. And candles are a special part of this service. And I know a lot of candles, a lot of services have gone the the way of safety. I understand that, so be careful. (laughs) I'm a boy. I like fire. I'm just saying, that's truth. So we're going to take a moment here, and Cheryl's going to begin playing, and and we're going to begin lighting, and then once everybody's about there, then uh, we'll begin singing Silent Night together. At the close, just extinguish that candle, and there's white buckets on your way out that you can put those candles in because they're reusable, (laughs) so why not, right? So this will be a great time. You're gonna kind of stay seated. I've got some gentlemen around the room that I've asked to go ahead and light their candles and they're gonna start passing that flame around the room. So Corey, that was your cue. You, there you go. Mike, that was your cue as well. Very good. <laughs> hey, it's okay. It's, there's no, you're fine. Take a moment with your family and just enjoy the beautiful room We'll close in prayer and we'll ask that as you leave tonight, this room, if you could leave quietly, that would be great. We'll fellowship in the the fellowship hall and take a cookie for the road. Absolutely. Thank you for joining us tonight. I'll close in prayer after Silent Night.